and welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. It's the show where we watch the movies you recommend. We don't know what we're going to watch until we sit down to watch it. And I am always joined forever. I can't get rid of him by Jeff. Yeah, we're friends. We are the greatest of friends. And I, of course, am John. Here we are. This is a little different this week because we couldn't find a trailer. Normally we'd watch the trailer for the movie, let you know what our predictions are, and then go watch it. But uh, we couldn't find one because our movie this week is Mazes and Monsters. That's right. Mazes and Monsters. Not Both just of them. one. You get to you don't have to choose. No, not here. Not at movie mastery. No we, choice necessary. We would never make you choose between <laughs> mazes and monsters. We believe in the power of yes and. That's correct. So it should be mazes, yes and monsters. <laughs> So, uh, instead of doing that, we are just going to go ahead and watch the film, and we will be back with what's going on with there. Now, I will preface this with saying, I've actually seen this before, so I wouldn't be able to make any predictions anyway, and oh. uh, I don't care what Jeff has to say. Oh, I was going to predict a maze and a monster. Ooh, bold. Right? Yeah. I think, my, my big prediction, it's all real, all of it. <laughs> Even the stuff that makes no sense. <laughs> Even the stuff that contradicts the other things. Also true. <laughs> all right, I'm ready. Well, all right, we'll go watch that. And this has been the intro. Now we get to play some theme music for you. We'll be right back. We are back. We have we have finished running the mazes and monsters. One might even call us a maze runner. Yeah, or a monster hunter. Yes, either of those things. Ah, those are both accurate. Man, this was uh, this was dire. Yeah, well, I mean, you can definitely tell this was a made-for-TV movie. I really feel like this turned my life around. Oh yeah, no, you guys, never again. <laughs> Role-playing games, not even once. Now, you know what? It, it's it's okay, though. I'm pretty sure most role-playing games are probably fine. I'm just not going to play Mazes and Monsters. Oh, not anymore? But I'm level 9. <laughs> God damn it, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Level 9? That's exact level I am. We should constantly play together. Obviously. That is the only correct answer to this situation. <laughs> uh, so, so this movie is about a group of people that play... Essentially Dungeons and Dragons with the numbers filed off. Yeah, a lot of filing off. To the point where it's basically a round ball of leftover. Oh yeah. It's I mean, <laughs> the the part of the, I love the the arcane intro to the game that they have to do to explain what D D is to people who have never heard of it before. Which is great because the first time they sit down to play mazes and monsters, like the guy who's running that session has to sit down and go I am the maze controller. I control the game. You will all be in my world, and your fate is in my hands. And he shows some dice. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. I am the god to you. You guys are level nine. You've been playing this for some time now. But you which do means that every if, time. If I sat down at a table and you were like, okay, let's, let's play a game. I am the game master. I'm going to... I'd be like, Jeff, shut the fuck up. 
I'm going to do that every time I run a game from now on. <laughs> I, now you've just put that mission in front of me. Oh, I know I did. That's why you're not allowed to run anything. Oh, I just ran Gamma World for you guys a few weeks ago. Didn't you like that? Never again. Oh, you don't want to finish your adventure of the fridge? Oh, the best character that's ever been? Of yeah. course I do. Of course, because the fridge was an amazing character. The sort of character you could never play with these simplistic systems of mazes and monsters. No. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> this is uh, most famous for being Tom Hanks's first film. Is it actually his first film? I didn't know that. I just figured it would feature a young Tom Hanks. Yeah, this is his first actual movie. Like, I'm sure he had done some, uh, like, commercials or community theater or some bullshit before this. This is the first time he was like, yeah, I'm I'm actually a star in something. Yeah, he's the star of this show. I mean, he doesn't, he spends most of it wandering around, but, and the other characters actually have more lines, but you can definitely tell he gets a lot of alone time on screen. He's a big deal. Yeah, well, he's the tortured one that will go crazy. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's let's introduce the cast of characters. Yeah, he's actually the last one to be introduced. First, we get introduced to JJ. Oh, fuck JJ, dude. Fuck oh, JJ yeah. hard. JJ's God, this guy keeps people... trying to use lens flares, and he won't tell anyone what his movie is about. <laughs> uh, also, uh, oh, wait, no, I can't think of any Ray J jokes I could possibly make. No, you don't know anything about Ray J. <laughs> I know I can call him Ray, or I can call him J. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. So, J.J. is your... You know what's weird? I was going to say he's your typical nerd, but he's kind of not. He's today's typical nerd in that instead of being the, like, button-down shirt, pocket protector, 80s, like, oh, this is what a nerd is, he's always wearing stupid fucking hats, and he's very kind of hyper and outgoing without really knowing how to interact with people yeah he's ahead of his time he's the sort of person that today would be wandering around at a convention dressed like ducky from 16 candles and holding a sign that says free hugs yes 100 percent. that's what this guy is i'm like this is so old and yet i can totally see him wandering around a game store right now yeah no he, he makes perfect sense he's the sort of guy that never takes his headphones off and if it actually still was 1988, he'd be walking around with drumsticks all the time. He'd, he'd just never put the drumsticks down because he'd have replaced using drums and role-playing games as an exchange, in exchange for having a personality that you don't hate. Yeah. So uh, he is our first one we see. He is, God, when we first see him, he comes off of like a little moped, and he is wearing one of those World War One German spiky helmets. Yeah, the helmet with the spike on top. Yeah, and... He meets his mother, and in one of those incredibly weird, I hate everyone now scenes where no one comes out better for it. Yeah. He has his mother, and his mother is just a rich drunk. He just has her. Yeah. It's very unpleasant. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know how that made it into a made for TV movie. I was really, I mean, there was like a lot of graphic (laughs) penetration shots. I mean, it was like Antichrist level stuff. (laughs) Wow. Uh, So, yeah. So he shows up. His mom is a drunk, rich lady who is constantly redecorating because that's what she does. Yeah, unusually everyone in this movie is like Ivy League-style rich. Yeah, except, of course, for Tom Hanks, I think. Oh, no, wait. No, he also no, is. Uh, the, the girl. girl. The girl who, whose backstory you barely get. The, uh, but all three of the guys in this are like 
crazy wealthy with yeah. like wealthy parents who pay for everything, houses with private golf courses type stuff, which is interesting. I don't know why they bothered trying to send that kind of a message. I almost feel like it's because this was a made for TV movie and the sets they could afford were like the set of Dallas. <laughs> You're like, what do we have? We have a bunch of soap opera sets. Let's just use those. Everyone's rich. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It, and they did not. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, they go up to his room and, oh, everything's different. Now, I'll give him this. Apparently, his mom wanted to redecorate his room to look like a sheet of graph paper. Yes, it is completely a sheet of graph paper. It looks like an AHA video in there. <laughs> yeah, I, at any moment, some guy is going to reach through a window and be like, you need to come with me, and then a guy with a wrench will chase us. Yeah, and a helmet with an 8 on it. <laughs> I think. And then he'll take that helmet with an 8 on it and wear it because he's an asshole. Yeah, okay, give me that that hat. I can wear that to parties. Oh, that, that'll make me look like more of an asshole. I should be wearing that. We also get introduced during this scene to the uh, the secret fifth member of the Maces and Monsters group, the one who really puts all the work together. They always think of him as the fifth member. He rides in the bus with them, and that is Merlin the Mina Bird. Yep, Merlin, who will occasionally say, like, one of four phrases. Yeah, yeah, honestly... Merlin the Minor Bird was way less annoying than I was expecting him to be because he was like a real Minor Bird. He just did bird stuff in a corner. Yeah, he hopped around and then occasionally said one of the four things he knew yeah. how to say. He, he was trained so that if you asked if he talked, he said birds don't talk. The, the great thing about that was is they spent the entire movie for that joke because up until basically the end, it was just people would be talking to him and he'd go, birds can't talk. Yeah. But then at the very end, one of the guys is like, oh, Minor Bird, huh? Does he say anything? Birds can't talk. And I was like, oh, look, you set up the joke. Good job. Yeah, that was You cute. did it. But otherwise, he just sort of hops around in the cor- in a little cage and says bird things. And it's he- he's cute. He's a good character. He doesn't say cartoony shit. Yeah. He doesn't say anything that the actual tame minor bird they had couldn't say. Yeah. So we find out, of course, as everyone in this uh, movie has, he's got issues with his parents. Yeah. So for him, it's that... His mom is constantly rearranging things, and every time he goes home, things are different, and he's just sort of butthurt about how rich his family is, basically. Uh, Apparently so, yes. And so he's off to the same college as the other four characters, and I forget which college it was supposed to have been. Yeah, it's, I don't know, Choate. Well, it's some college in, uh, like, New England. Yeah, it's Yale. It's We know it's in New England because the, the famous cave in this movie is called the Pequod Caverns. And you don't name shit Pequot or Pasquar Musket Port or shit like that unless you're in New England. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is so, very true. So we know that much. Yeah. So uh, our next character is... Uh, uh, what, God. What's his name? James? I want to say James. I want to say Daniel. Oh, maybe it is Daniel. It is Daniel. You're right. Okay, Daniel. Daniel yeah. is a like blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Nazi poster boy. Yeah, he looks like the bad guy. From If this was any other 80s movie, he'd be hell-bent on skiing so good that they have to tear down a community center. Oh, yeah. He is definitely in this to make fun of some other nerds and then take his girlfriend that probably is in love with one of the other nerds away. Yeah. In any other movie, you'd have a sweater around his neck and a belt buckle that looks like the dollar sign. That's that's the kind of character this was because oh, the yeah. blonde... He just has like a William Atherton thing going he's, on. He's very athletic. He's got that chiseled look, and he's got that blonde, sparkly hair. He is the the only other things we really know about him is he wants to design games, like yeah. video games, which is very, very unusual for a person in 1982. And it leads to some hilarious scenes of him being like, I want to design games and computer programs. And his parents being like, no, that's stupid. That never makes any money. No one's ever made money designing on the computer. 
Well, no, they're all like, you're just going to do regular computing. No games. Games are for bullshit people. Yeah. You're going to just do regular computer stuff. You'll be on the emails. Yeah. Well, at any rate, he he is very grumpy that his parents keep trying to force his hand about what he'd like to do for dinner. Or, sorry. Yes, uh, the reason, for what he'd like to do well, for no, dinner. The reason dinner popped into my head is because of the very unusual dinner scene with him. Where where he's he's going on and on about how he liked to play to uh, design video games and design computer programs, and his mom is just getting increasingly upset at him for not just wanting to be a business dad, and then eventually about ten minutes into a conversation during which they've been eating, she just goes, "Well, eat your dinner. We've made all your favorite things." Yeah, great. Okay, but we've been eating dinner for like ten minutes. I noticed you made all my favorite things. Thank <laughs> I'm aware. I've eaten most of it. Yeah, so that was we're very good nice here. of you to offer. So anyway, he is also heading off to the same boring college. And again, he has issues with his parents. They're so controlling. Yeah. They want him to make money like they did mm-hmm. and be rich like they are. And then there is the do- the, the girl and her yeah, name. Yeah, our is, token girl. His name, Her name is Kate. Yep. And uh, I don't remember the scenes with her parents especially well. I don't even remember if she has any. No, uh, Kate is... God, I can't. I don't think she had a scene with her parents either. It was yeah, just. I think she's supposed to be the neutral character in this. She just lives in the college like some sort of Quasimodo, <laughs> and she uh, she rings the bells. That's exactly it. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for refreshing my memory on that. Yeah. Now that I remember that that important scene where Kate ran around the campus yelling "Sanctuary." Yeah, yeah. She was trying to escape her uh, her evil teacher, Professor Claude Frollo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he was like, "Come back, I need to teach you about fire, hellfire." Yeah, God damn. Anyway, <laughs> all we know, <laughs> the Kate of Notre Dame. Uh, no, she, yeah, that's where it was. They were all going to Notre Dame, Notre Dame, New England. Yeah, that that's that's where they were headed. Uh, uh, it's a, Jesus, it's a satellite school. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> it's it's that Notre Dame Easter Coast. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, we don't know much about her backstory. It doesn't matter because she's a girl yeah. uh, in 1982. Anyway, What she, matters is that she is a girl and she plays role-playing games. She likes to play role-playing games, and she will switch which one of the people she is dating that who, who is also playing the same role-playing game during the story. Which, I mean, at first when I was watching it, I went, oh, man, really? She's just going to go from I'm dating this one guy to the other guy in the gaming group? But, you know, that happens. That's... Uh, that's a gaming group. That's a gaming group. It's real incestuous. Yeah. I mean, not to speak entirely in stereotypes, but in a gaming group, you usually got your one girl, and they're going to switch boyfriends. Yep. And the things you aren't allowed to do are add another girl. <laughs> I mean, Grant, that's all fake. You can do whatever you want. Gaming's, gaming should work. It's just, that's the stereotype. Yeah, that is the big stereotype here. Yeah. Anyway. And she plays directly into it. Yes. Uh, and then our final character, the uh, the titular maze and monster himself. I, yes. I realized he, after I said titular that I had to give him the title role. The titular maze and monster. <laughs> Something. Perhaps the maze was the monster all along. <laughs> or perhaps the real maze was the friendships we made along the way. I just had it stuck in my head from when I saw a, uh, a, a play b- bill once that said uh, Moby Dick. And then with some actor in the title role. <laughs> Excellent. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's good. I'm surprised they actually gave him the title billing because, <laughs> man, I feel like he's mostly barely on stage at all. Moving around the giant whale costume and <laughs> waiting for the one scene he's in. Uh, I'm, I'm just more impressed. He moves the whole costume by himself. I, it's just him. <laughs> 
Well, there's like a whole bunch of other guys, but they aren't in the title role because they're operating the whales like back half. Yeah. Anyway, he has the the enviable role of blowhole manager. (laughs) Oh, blowhole manager. Isn't that every manager, though? Eh? Oh, man, I'm Eh? putting that on my resume. (laughs) Blowhole manager. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the last character is uh, Robbie. Robbie. Robbie also, again, issues with his parents. We see him sullenly in the backseat. While his parents are driving him to college mm-hmm. and having an argument. Let's make it clear here that he looks way too old to be in college. Tom Hanks is one of those people that was old when he was 15. This Well, this was filmed when he was 26, I think. Yeah, he's so he looks about 20. He does look about 26. He looks yeah. too old for his parents to be driving him to college is how he looks. But they're driving him and they're really disappointed that he uh, fell out of his old school. Mm-hmm. And we don't figure out why. But they're super disappointed in, in, in him, and then they argue with each other as the wife is like, oh, you've ruined my life, all this luxury, I could have done something with my life instead of have everything taken care of. Yeah, that's the kind of argument that it's real hard to agree with. Yeah, she's like, oh, you, I could have been amazing, but now I'm just rich all the time. Okay, well, you don't have my sympathy, I'm sorry. You know what you can do with money is not use it and give it away. <laughs> Those are some of the powers of money. You, you could do whatever. I don't care. No, I'll spend all my... She, the other thing is she's a drunk. Yes. Uh, anyway, they spend all their time arguing with each other, but they do at the last second before they pull up to the college, exhort Robbie not to play that game anymore. Yes. And he, he promises he will no longer play that game. And there we have our full four. All of them have some sort of parental issue. I just remembered, John, something that was really important about this movie that we really need to tell the people about, which is that it opens in media res on like a bunch of police officers and firefighters investigating a cave. Oh yeah. Like some kid got lost in that cave. I think he was playing mazes and monsters. Do you know of it? Ah, oh, my kids play, but I don't really know much about it. Real shame that. <laughs> yeah. And then just Cut back to the movie. Yeah, just to let you know, it opens on that. You, you you get an opening crawl that tells you some kid died in a cave. Please keep watching this. We promise someone will die. In a cave. <laughs> just just wait for it. We know it's real boring and bad right now, but just watch. And we're going to get that whole scene again later in the movie, so don't even worry about it. Oh, yeah. It is just a shot for shot. We put it from the front to the middle. Yeah. Anyway, now we cut to Robbie in college. Uh, and he is doing that. No, he does that later. He, first, he's eating in a cafeteria. Yeah, he's eating by himself, as you are wont to do when you're the new kid in school. And then he checks out the wall of flyers for random crap and sees a uh, Mazes and Monsters flyer. Yes, which he looks at for a second, but doesn't really pay the... You know, he's he's sworn off it, so... Oh, yeah. He gives, it a, he gives it a quick look over, and then he's getting ready to leave when he is accosted heavily by JJ, who is like... Oh, are you looking at the Mazes and Monsters flyer? That's my group. We really need a fourth. You should be our fourth. I'm wearing a big dumb cowboy hat. Yeah, he's wearing a big dumb cowboy hat. So don't worry. He's wearing a dumb hat in every scene he's in. Literally every scene. I don't think I ever saw his hair. No, you don't. You don't really see his hair. Um, Yeah. So, God, I hated him so much. It's so annoying. Anyway... Tom Hanks to Robbie is like, no, I'm not interested. I don't really want to play. No, Mazes. I used to play, but I don't play anymore. Don't play Sorry, anymore. goodbye. It, was, it ruined my school life. I'm not. It's not. It's not for me. Have a good day. Yeah, and, but he's like, oh, but you know what you can party. do? Yeah. Party, having a nice party. So we cut directly to the party, and the party is is uh, JJ wearing a dumb hat in a very crowded dorm room playing what appears to be like Romanian gypsy music. 
it's some sort of odd, almost classical French sounding. Soda, yeah, like lots of violins lots and stuff. Like Hurdy gurdy music or something. It's it's unusual to say the least that anyone in 1982 would be playing that. Yeah, but it is definitely the freest music that they could get for oh, this. So- that this is movie. true. Yeah, one hundred percent. They went to that deep well of free music classics and came out with like. A bunch of row, row, row your boat and Frere Jaca tracks. And finally, we're like, you know what? We can't just have him listening to these. <laughs> that would be even weirder. Just put on some like French accordion music and we'll just pretend that they're having a France party. And uh, all the people in there doing their best to dance to what is very clearly some undanceable music. <laughs> deeply. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're a monkey in a tiny black and white striped shirt then you could probably dance to this music, but you will need a tin cup. Obviously. I mean, otherwise, this is not music you can dance to. This is the kind of music you play when you need to escape from an invisible box. (laughs) Yes. But you just can't. You just can't. Or, you know, for example, if you want to tug your way along an invisible rope. You know, as long as the wind is blowing against you. Yeah, sure. If you're going to walk several miles from a small village to another small village so you can purchase a fig, then this is the kind of music you're going to want. Don't worry. You'll find love along the way. In the sun-dappled vineyards of southern France. These have been the jokes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Thank you to the France jokes. <laughs> we couldn't have done it without you. So, this is where he meets the only girl that exists. and uh, <laughs> Kate. Welcome, Kate. So, so, Robbie runs into Kate and... And he's like, ah, oh, a horrible monster. Oh, no. And she's like, she's like ringing bells. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, no. How could you do this? And she's like... I'm here, sanctuary! <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Okay. So Kate makes small talk and... Immediately starts talking about bases and monsters. It's the kind of small talk you make when you're a nerd. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, you know, what did he do? Did you, how did you come to here? And he's like, oh, he found me reading a flyer for mazes and monsters, but I don't do that anymore. Oh, you, you play? What level are you? Oh, nine. Oh, I'm nine. That's serendipitous. We are level nine. You really must play with us. Yeah. I like that it was, he is level nine. Yeah, it's what level are you, the player of Mazes and Monsters. Yeah. Hey, man, what level are you? I am level nine. Imagine a situation in which he had said, I'm level four. And she's like, oh, what a bitch. Oh, <laughs> fuck you then. We're going to look for a real man to play be, or <laughs> oh, Mazes and Monsters with What us. a scrub. I hope you have fun in kindergarten. <laughs> If you want, perhaps I could find you some pigs wearing semblance of human garments with which you could play at level four. <laughs> but no, he turns- I hear that they're having an entire game outside. <laughs> it's in the dumpster, you human garbage. <laughs> Follow the sweet sounds of music until you find the teddy bear picnic, for there they are level four. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> thankfully, he is a true mensch and level nine. Right, he's the right kind of level. Yeah. Also, what if he'd been like level 12? Oh, yeah. Then he's just going, oh, I remember those halcyon days of level 9. Oh, oh, the adventures you have in front of you. <laughs> my my sweet summer child. I envy you deeply. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have man business to attend to. And that's <laughs> I didn't a- realize this was a level 9 party. That would explain the music. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Is everyone in here level 9? Oh, my. Oh, Oh, how embarrassing for me. Now, if you'll excuse me, could you point me to a place where the wallets are not Velcroed? <laughs> oh, look at you. You don't even have a note pinned to you. Are those slip-on shoes? 
Uh, uh, yeah. But luckily, he's the same level, and so all three of the existing Mazes and Monsters players just lay into him about joining the group, and he agrees for one game. Yeah, they're like, come on, man, just just show up for one game. What can it hurt? Look, if you start taking it too seriously, we'll stop playing. Also, the first session is free. <laughs> Also, it's not really addictive. <laughs> no, that's just some science malarkey. <laughs> Through Jesus, any amount of role-playing is possible. <laughs> ah, yes. All right, well, he agrees, and oh my gosh, that sets up the very first session of Mazes and Monsters, so we get to see that. I love that, by the way. I mean, they're in a room, so we already talked about the I am the maze controller, but... In addition to that, let me just tell you, they are in someone's dorm room. They are, like, sitting around a table on the floor. It's like a plinth, too. It's not quite a table. It's it's It yeah. really is like a little, like, Roman-style plinth. In the middle is a little map that you would normally see for, say, any role-playing game. But yeah. then, the lights are off, and scattered around the room are dozens of lit candles oh yeah we're talking like 1990s rom-com sex time amount of candles here. oh yeah you are expecting marvin gay to begin playing any moment yeah julia roberts is expected to get in or out of a bathtub <laughs> that is what is happening right now someone has definitely screwed up in the relationship there are flower petals leading to this room and sixpence none the richer can be heard dimly from the outside of the window. Sixpence none the richer can be heard dimly asking for loose change. <laughs> if someone can please help them, they just need to get the bus. I mean, honestly, listeners, have you ever done that? Have you ever been in that sex situation or I guess in a role playing game situation where you had to start by lighting like 80 candles? Yeah, I don't I don't know anyone that's gone past like 4, right? If once you get above, I'd say nine, you've hit a problem. I have one of those things in our our uh, coffee table. That's one of those five tea light holders, and I feel like a goddamn king when I get all five of those going. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you get past nine, it's because you had one little candelabra thing, yeah, and then you had like one in each corner, and after that, that's still being a little, yeah, a little much. That's like powers out level of candles. <laughs> yeah, but once you go past that, you're like, dude, this isn't helping. Yeah. You're you're making it harder to get around because now if I accidentally bump into the table, fourteen candles are going to come flying off. Well, it, it also in the sex scene situation, you're like, all right, there's fifty candles lit in here, and there's rose petals all over the all over shit, and there's like a half-eaten lobster in one corner of the room. Look, I can only get so laid. <laughs> How laid do you want to get? It's just it's too laid. Well, I mean. Maybe you can only get to a certain level of late if you're only a level four, but as a, as a level nine, I get a certain degree of late. At, at level nine, I get my entire dick and one of my legs in there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. How is that possible? Oh, you'll see. Gain a few levels. Bigby's grasping vagina figures into it prominently. I can, I can assure you, bring fishing waders. <laughs> Uh, that is... I'm growing cranberries in there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so that is the scene. And then they all, of course, have to introduce their characters, and they go around with equally as pretentious dumb crap. I know, and again, these are people who have been playing long enough that they are level 9 together, and yet they're all like, I am C Grace the Fighter. Or her name's like Glacier or something like that. It's it's something icy. Glacia. Glacia, yeah. I am Glacia, the Fighter. I am strong of arm, 
and slow of caring about what the fuck is going on. I am hunched of back. (laughs) I am a killer instinct character with a fireball and a teleport. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And then we get like Lenix or Leslie or... Lebrin. I think it's Lenix. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it's Lenix. Yeah, it's Lenix. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's Linux is what it is. I am <laughs> Linux. I am a small penguin. I am Lenix. I am a Rodian. <laughs> yeah, that was the character. Yeah. Our, our blonde Daniel gentleman put down his character and was like, I am Lenix. I shoot first. <laughs> Take that. But anyway, yeah, he's a, uh, a, a rogue, I want to say. Yeah, he is... Oh no! Wait, no. The blonde guy doesn't have a character. He's uh, he's the game master here. In this in this first session, he's running the game. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. They J- switch back and forth. Yeah, JJ takes over for the actual like famous cave game. But in this game, it's it's uh, it's da- Daniel, Daniel running it, and then yeah. JJ is playing a weird rogue guy. Uh, yeah, a sort of a rogue. And, and when we say they're playing them, they introduce themselves by name and then describe a whole bunch of stuff about their character because I guess everyone forgot. So they're just like, I am Linux. I am a rogue. I am fast of hand and wear a greenish of cloak. I like to get shiny things, but I am faithful to my friends. Additionally, I like to move it, move it. <laughs> I like to move it, move it. <laughs> Do you like to move it? Yeah. And then uh, we finally get to in- meet the level nine character that apparently uh, Robbie has brought with him, which is Pardue. Pardue. Ho- He's a holy man. He's a holy man. He has many holy magics and has learned many spells, and he carries a sword that he only uses when his words and spells have failed him. Yes, and to give you an idea of what, what's going on here, there is a little permanent maze on the plinth, which is clearly not in use, because instead of putting their characters down in the maze, they put them down on the edges of the, of the play area. Just in front of them. Just in front of themselves, and their characters are heavy weights with paper pictures of characters drawn and taped to them. So, you know... About average for old style. Yeah, but very large cutout pictures. Oh, yeah. Enough, enough that you can film them is what it is. Yeah. So that they show up on, an, on, a, on a 1980s TV camera. So they're, they're huge pictures of each character. All right. So they go on a dumb adventure, which ends almost immediately. They're like, you guys are, you guys are, enter into the, the dungeon and you find a pit. And at the bottom is glinting rivers of gold, and there are shiny edges on the sides. And JJ immediately says, my character leaps in! <laughs> well, yeah, this is actually a little later than that, because he's he's grumpy that no one's given him any of the time of day. Yeah. And that's why he just jumps in. Yeah. Because what happens is, Kate and Robbie start getting their relationship on. Oh, yeah, they start dating. You're right. I'm sorry, I had mixed up which sessions of the boring-ass game that they played. Considering it's yeah. all exactly the same, it just runs together. Yeah. But that's the narrative. The narrative flows. Yeah. So, God, we, we get introduced to the a brief montage of them having a great time together, playing a whole lot of this exceedingly boring-looking role-playing game. And the weird thing is, to start out with, there's no issues here. Like, they kind of play... And then they go do other stuff, and he studies, and he he does extracurricular, and they'll occasionally play this game. You're like, oh, okay. I don't I don't see how this is leading into the I've gone crazy part of this movie. But no, all right, there's not a lot of scare. It just looks like they're playing the most pretentious game I've ever seen, and I've seen LARPing. Yeah. So then we get the one critical backstory element when Robbie is talking to Kate, and that is. When he was a kid, his 
older brother came into his room during his birthday. I think it was his brother's birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was like, hey, I need all of your money. Oh, actually, I think it was Thanksgiving. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I th- I, well, I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure he said that it was a big Thanksgiving party and no one even mentioned, l- noticed his brother leaving. Yeah, it was it was some big party. Yeah. And uh, his brother just comes into his room and is like, hey, I need all your money. I'm going to run away to New York. And then his brother ran away and he feels real guilty because he's like, well, maybe if I didn't give him the money, he wouldn't have run away. Except, no, probably he still would have. Because oh, how found- much money did you have as a little kid? Uh, well, think about it. That guy, you see his house at the end of this movie. His oh, house yeah. Is, his house is a fucking fairy tale. Yeah, which is why I'm like, no, if you went, no, I'm not going to give you any of my money, he would have just gone into the purse of the mom, taken out a few bills, and been like, peace. Yeah. If you want to run away from that, first of all, you're going to have to run like a, a, like several hours just to get past the fox hunting grounds. <laughs> He's going to have to somehow get to the driveway, which is at least a mile away. Yeah. And then walk along miles of private driveway to make sure that you never see anyone else's house. Yeah. And then finally reach someplace way up in the Hampton Hills. <laughs> scale the 10-foot-tall walled gate. Made of servants. <laughs> yes. Built from servants, yeah. mortared together. Yeah, servant bones. That's what their, <laughs> their gates are made of. Yeah. And then finally, escape your way to New York, which is a shorter walk than just walking across the grounds of his ridiculous house. Oh, yeah. Man, the way we're saying it, it sounds like it's way easier to escape to New York than from New York. Well, it's quite difficult to escape from New York. Indeed. One might have to be Snake Plissken. And really good at basketball. Or at least you have to do or that surfing. to escape from L.A. Yeah. <laughs> But not to escape from New York. To no. escape from New York, all I have to do is be able to shoot dudes and deal with the Duke of New York, A number one. Well, I think that's actually true nowadays as well. Yes. In order to get away from New York, you have to be able to shoot real good and beat the Duke of New York. <laughs> I feel like these days the only way you can possibly get away from New York is to swear upon, like on a cross to never discuss New York again. Uh. So you don't just get out and immediately start waxing rhapsodic about New York and then go back. Yeah, because that is immediately what happens to everyone. Yeah. They're like, I used to live in New York. It's a magical place. Oh, it's so different. The Augusts of New York, walking along Central Park, eating biscotti on West 54th, blah, 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 blah. It's just the CrossFit of the East Coast. Yeah. It's 100% the, if you went to anywhere else that wasn't New York and you were from there, you'd be like, hey, I'm from New York. Just, I'm going to immediately say that. I'm also vegan and CrossFit. (laughs) Also, I play Maces and Monsters. What level are you? (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, he, there was no trouble with getting that kid some money. So his brother disappears into the streets of New York and is never seen again. And this, I mean, understandably, he is haunted by this memory. Yeah. Like, okay, his brother ran away from home. However, this is not the sort of dementia-inducing memory that would happen because this would have to be something that was more of a medical thing than just this memory because the way the movie is set up when tom hanks spoiler alert loses his goddamn mind later yeah we are mostly led to believe it is because of this event yes that he's so riddled with guilt and concern over his brother that he loses his mind yeah and that's that's it's not like oh yeah i saw my brother like murdered in front of me during christmas it's Oh, he ran away. I don't know what happened to him, well, though. Well, yeah, the thing with mental... Di- it, it means he had a mental... He, he was primed to have a mental issue. There was going to be a trigger, and it was going to cause the mental issue. Oh, yeah. That's, the way this 
sets everyone up, though. I'm not sure if the movie was trying to say that only people who have some sort of mental or social issues are playing this game, or if it's just, like, the people who are playing this game specifically had those, and that's why they freaked out. Yeah, it's one of those. They, I mean, you can tell the game, the, the movie wants you to come away from this thinking, oh, Mazes and Monsters is a dangerous game. But then, like, the detective's kids in a throwaway line play the game. Yeah, but that's supposed to be, like, showing how the game is promulgating through the environment and is is viral and is already getting worse, and it could it's, happen it's to so you. It's so viral, and there's so many shares and upvotes. <laughs> that's just sort of an it-could-happen-to-you, and it seems so innocent sort of thing. I mean, you see that in, in smoking at, anti-smoking PSAs from the 70s as well. Like, hey, I smoked when I was 15. It didn't affect me, but kids these days. <laughs> so... Anyway, it's the weirdest thing about this movie, and it's going to become the repeated theme, is that Mm -hmm. it wants you to come away being kind of wary and concerned about role-playing games, but the movie itself sets up role-playing games as, if you're crazy, these might make you crazier, and that's it. And even then, the only reason this even happens is not because they're playing Mazes and Monsters the way you should, like God intended, around a table with some dice. Oh, no. No, because let's get to the next thing that happens. Well, first of all, let's discuss discuss the dumb death of J.J. So, J.J.'s all sad and depressed because, uh, I guess, Robbie and Kate are dating, and... And again, he is eternally a ducky. Yeah, and Daniel, I don't know, just doesn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. So, he's all sad because no one wants to hang out with him, and he's... Oh, gosh, he's 16 years old. Oh, right. I completely forgot he's a fucking computer wear tennis shoes Dookie Hauser type. Oh, yeah. Where he's he's... way too young to be at college, but here he is. And his dad was the youngest something or another, and that's why he's super rich. So we have a super genius that is super rich, and he's very sad about that. Yeah. And so, again, problems that I will never care about. (laughs) Well... Anyway, his way of acting out is to have his character make a foolish move of jumping into a pit to try and get some gold in their dumb role-playing game. Yeah. Which causes the uh, the DM at the time, who was still Daniel, to just say, Oh no, the pit was lined with crystal spikes. Your character has died. And which is interesting. No roll. No, no damage. Yeah, we, we are shown dice at one point, but we, one point, but we never see dice rolled in this game. No, there is never a die rolled. There is never a mention of... Numbers. Oh my god, you yeah. took... Like, 50 damage and you only have 20 hit points. You're so dead. Yeah, the only number we ever hear is level 9. Uh, everything, every single other thing in the game is just sort of narrative roleplay type and, and self-description. Oh, yeah, there's, like, a brief mention when they're like, Oh, Pardue, can you can you resurrect him? And he's like, I don't have the spell points for that. Okay, yeah. great. Well, So, from what I can piece together about Mazes and Monsters as a game... You need a visual representation of your character, but not to move it around on a board. No. Uh, you also accrue spell... You probably can cast every level of spell, but you don't have the spell points necessary to cast the higher levels of spells. But you do need to learn and acquire the spells along your journeys. So that's kind of like the Rifts PPE system. Kind of? Yeah, where you can, a level 1 wizard in Rifts can technically pick up a level 15 spell. They just don't because they can't afford the PPE values. Yeah. So, f- similar to Rifts. And, uh... Also, just sort of, I guess, fiat damage. Yeah, fiat damage type, so that's going to be more of like a uh, like a Numenon or a, uh, I don't know, another one of those games where you don't really have to worry about damage values, you just sort of say what happens. Yeah. So, like an Everway. It's yeah. very much like an Everway. I'm sure. Yeah, which you haven't read yet, but let me tell you, brother. Let me tell L- you. Let me tell, I can't wait till we get to it. <laughs> so, this 
causes him to be even sadder than he already was. And now he's going to go off and drown his sorrows in fucking around in a cave. Yes, he goes off to fuck around in a cave. And uh, I think he was supposed to be suicidal he is was what he was suicidal. he was like i'm gonna go yeah. into this cave and i don't know probably throw myself into a cavern or something yeah. so, and J- die. so jj goes off to the local pequod caverns which is the sort of cavern that's near a college where drunk college kids go to have sex yeah um, and uh i guess this is the movie's way of adding little red herrings for who the kid who gets lost in the cavern is going to be at the end yeah so they're like oh maybe it's jj but instead someone drives out to find him i think it's kate or well, no, he he makes his way out, and he's like, guys, I found the most amazing place. Okay. We're right. going to take this game to the next level. So he basically invents the concept of LARPing. Yeah. He's like, guys, you don't understand. What we've been doing before is nothing. We're going to take mazes and monsters into the real world. And you're like, man, you are just LARPing. That's all you did. Well, it's 1982. You're not just LARPing in 1982. You're at best just Ren Faring. <laughs> I mean, let's th- be honest. No one ever just LARPs. This kid is. Yeah, no. Usually you LARP and smoke cloves and borrow cloves from other people that are near you. Yeah. Normally it's like 1220 smoke cloves every day. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze it. All right. So uh, everyone else is, is on board with this idea of going to play the game in a cave. Uh, and it's supposed to be a little more interactive and they're going to wander around the cave and encounter things organically. Yeah. Like he borrows one of those, uh, science skeletons so he can make a monster <laughs> thing from it. I tell you, I, I picture science skeleton. I don't just picture a skeleton that's hanging from a thing for science, but like a science skeleton, like you know, science skeleton, Coke bottle glasses and a pocket <laughs> protector just hanging off one of his ribs. No, he's the one giving the lecture. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm science skeleton. <laughs> I'm too spoopy for science. <laughs> I'm the appropriate amount of spoopy for the this class <laughs> Jeez. anyway yeah he but we get a little setup with that sequence where he's like i'll put real monsters in there and then you see him arguing with the only black character in the movie which is the guy who who apparently is the keeper of the skeleton yeah francis the skeleton who he has to argue uh, this guy into letting him borrow francis so that he can use it in a cave and then they all go to the cave they're all dressed in costumes uh for some reason glacia who is supposed to be the badass fighter is wearing like a giant white robe and carrying a feather. Pretty much they're all just carrying like nothing and in robes. Yes. I'm like, okay, I get it for the holy man. Yeah. But everyone else is like, nah, I'm just in a robe. Fuck it. Whatever. That's what fighters wear. Although near the end of the scene, you do get to briefly see that she has a chainmail necklace on. Yeah. So she's getting close. Close enough. Anyway, they go wandering around this little cave for a while, kind of saying, ooh, this is spooky. They can't see where JJ, who is running this game, is. Because he's hiding somewhere in the cave and vo- booming his voice at them. Yeah. And, and uh, so you get a general LARP. They find some things and they ask some questions and whatnot. <laughs> well, we got they, they find the fucking skeleton and it's it's so dumb. It's the best. Because it's not even like a monster. It just drops down and is like, oh, the, the skeleton has a flashlight in its mouth. Where is the light pointing? Yeah. And the skeleton, of course, freaks out Kate because it wouldn't have been a good LARPing scene if he didn't make a girl scream. Yeah. So she screams for an inordinate amount of time for someone who's expecting to find a monster in a cave. Yeah. And then they end up splitting up and we get our mental break for Pardue. Yeah, poor Robbie Pardue wandering alone in the cave when he suddenly encounters, oh my god, a dragon that is like Sid and Marty Croft levels of bad. Oh yeah, here is a paper mache hat like lizard man. 
This thing is borrowed from a New Orleans parade. <laughs> it is amazing. And what's more amazing is it didn't actually exist. Like, he just hallucinates that this thing is after him because he's hearing lots of screaming and, oh, there's a gar bath. Yeah, it's a Goreville. <laughs> it's a Gorbill. Yeah. A Gorville has come. An it's evil... a Snowville. So he starts shrieking and freaking out. And uh, in, in what becomes a running theme for when he hallucinates, his character walks around with a little leather pouch and it is full of his important spells. So you keep thinking, oh, he'll try to cast spells with his dumb leather pouch. But instead, he always, through voiceover narration, says, I never use my, my uh, sword unless I, my spells have failed me, and then pulls out his sword. Yeah. Because uh, he never tries the spells, which is a real shame, because I would love to know what dumbass nonsense he has in his tiny bag. But instead, they all run and find him after he has screamed, like, for a real long time. And stabbed at the air. Cause... And he's like, oh, oh, I, I, I killed the Gorville with my sword. I've failed. Oh, my... I I should have used my spells. Why didn't I do that? Mah. And they're like, okay, yeah, we get it, Robbie. And he's like, no, I I should have been a better holy man. Yeah, and then they drive him home, and he's still talking like that. He's like, bless you all, peace unto all of you. And they're like, all right, you're that's great. At that point, he they think he's messing with them. Yeah, they're like, okay, yeah, we get it. Well, anyway, he goes back to his dorm room, and he hallucinates up real good. First of all, he's looking down the barrel of one of them James Bond from the inside of the gun sights. Yep, and on the other end is the Great Hall, which I forgot to mention his brother's name was Hall. Oh, you don't want to save that suspenseful learnings for the end? No. Yeah, his brother's name is Hall, because I guess he's Hawkman. Yeah, and so then the Great Hall is talking to him, and oh, you need to be a better holy man, Purdue, or you'll never be able to reach the Great Hall. So you must be celibate. Yeah, and so from then on, we see some scenes, and he's like, oh, I can't I can't date you anymore, Kate, because I'm going to be real celibate, and I can't can't do it to you anymore. And, and she's doing a really good college thing of being like, no, you're not. That's not accurate. <laughs> Shut up. Just, just tell me why you're actually breaking up with me. No, I do. I wish I could be with you, but I must be a holy man. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's her name? <laughs> no, 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 it's because I'm celibate. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. Okay, yeah. Okay, why are you, why are you messing with me? And finally, she takes she takes the advice and just immediately starts dating Daniel instead. And then the friends are all like, "Gosh, what's wrong with with Robbie? He's he's been acting real weird. He's been like giving all of his stuff away. He's been real generous." Yeah, but JJ's he, just like, "No, he's just been in character. It's fine." Oh yeah, no, you see, he's he's totally in character. He's been giving all of his stuff away. He's been acting real nice and blessing people. He chokes in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh wait, no, that's if he was playing as Purdue. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, them college b-balls. Wow. Yep, that's that's my joke. That is my sports joke. Oh, that's a Congratulations, joke. listeners. That's the one. You'll, you, you'll never get another. You got a sports joke out of me. Wow. Okay, well, anyway, he gets worse and worse. And then eventually starts telling you what prizes you're going to win on Jeopardy. And Oh, no, wait, that's Don Pardo. <laughs> Don Pardo did the Jeopardy prizes? I thought yeah, it was just the SNL announcer. No, way in the beginning he did the, and you get turtle wax thing see, for that. See, if I was going to do a Pardo joke, I would have just been like, yeah, he gets worse and worse, and he keeps blessing people, and then all of a sudden he says, Nazim Pedrad. <laughs> Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> you said it like Oprah. <laughs> you get a Bobby Moynihan, and you get a Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> all right, well, anyway, eventually he just fades away and disappears, just like, his brother, Mysterious. Yeah, they have 
a Halloween party. Oh, and God, that's... that Halloween party. Everyone's dressed as shit that you can afford on a, on a Oh, team. that's what it was. His brother left during a Halloween party because that's what triggers him to leave. You're right. That's exactly yeah. right. He sees another Halloween party. And he's like, oh, he shows up dressed in character and then just kind of fumbles around. He's like, oh, he's, oh okay, well, I'm gonna, uh, I'll go. Man. And then he leaves. And then Daniel shows up dressed as Frankenstein, but Nixon, like Nixonstein kind of. Yeah. And of course, we get one of the uh, JJ, the character with no personality whatsoever, who has to say, oh, that's nice, but you were supposed to come in costume. <laughs> oh, good Lord, man. And no wonder you try to convey humor through hats. So you'd think at this point, he goes missing. We get that scene that we got at the beginning. You think, oh, this is a bookend. Movie's done. Okay, he dies in a cavern. That was crazy. Whatever. We, in, instead, we get introduced to the characters from the beginning of the movie, the detective and the like, chief of police. And the detective is like this hard-bitten trench coat guy who keeps interviewing the kids because he's just like, yeah, I think you did it. Well, it's not even that. He's just like, I want to know what happened. And they are... Oddly enough, not willing to say, oh, yeah, we were playing Mazes and Monsters. He, like, flat out goes, hey, man, were you playing Mazes and Monsters? Like, oh, no, I know he did, but we never did. The reason is because they were playing Mazes and Monsters in the cave, and that was technically illegal. You're not supposed to go in the cave. So they're trying to hide the fact that they were in this little cave, which a total slap on the wrist type of thing, I'm assuming, to go into a cave. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if, let's just say, the school was like, look, if you go into that cave, it's expulsion. All of them are ridiculously wealthy, and your friend might be dead in there. Who fucking cares? Deal with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Suck it the hell up. Well, anyway, they, this goes on for a while while they keep getting grilled by this this investigator and uh, being told that, well, if you're really his friend, you just admit you play mazes and monsters, but you won't. Merp, merp, merp. And then they keep investigating themselves what the hell happened to this guy, which leads to them finding a map that he had drawn. And like, oh, look, he made his own maze. He drew this big, complicated maze. and It he says wrote, the Great Hall and it, the Two Towers. It says the Two Towers, which at first we were just like, that's just a terrible Tolkien ripoff, especially because it's got that Tolkien font. <laughs> but it turns out that no, it's on purpose, as they reference it as being from Tolkien, and they're wondering what the hell the Two Towers is a reference to. Which is, okay, I understand that eventually Kate's like, oh my god, the Great Hall isn't a place, it's his brother, he told me about Hall, and his brother left, and whatnot. And then they remember, oh, he was going to go to New York, that's where his brother was going, maybe he went to look for him there. And yet, even after that, they don't connect the two towers and the twin towers. It takes like another 15 minutes for them to go, wait a minute. It takes them seeing the twin towers to put it together. Yeah, and they're just that, like, I don't think they actually, no, they finally do in New York eventually go, oh, yeah, wait a minute. They go to New York and wander around after Robbie calls them after stabbing a guy because he imagines he's a Goreville. Yeah, so he stabs a random thug who tries to steal his bag of spells. <laughs> Which, let me just say, if you're a random thug, and you try to harass some guy who looks like he's out of his fucking mind and has a little pouch. You're like, oh, I'm going to get that pouch. It's probably got, I don't know, money in it. And then he pulls a knife on you, and you yourself do not have a knife. You leave. Uh, except at this point in the movie, Tom Hanks wandering the streets of New York is filthy, disheveled, literally dressed in sackcloth, has a tiny pouch. If I see that guy wandering around muttering to himself about Pardue in the Great Hall and he has a tiny pouch, I don't think there's money in that pouch. I think there's Eaton lipstick in that pouch. <laughs> there is probably a small rat and feces. Yeah, there's some rats in there. There's a couple of half-eaten chapsticks. 
That's what's in that pouch. Yeah. Shreds of moldy old porno. There you go. That's what's in there. Yeah. It, but So this guy tries to steal Pardue's pouch, and Pardue st- straight up stabs him with a knife. Of course, the knife is like an inch and a half long, so... It's a little baby knife, but it's still enough to kill a guy. Hydrostatic shock is a son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, we don't see him die. Yeah. He just gets stabbed and then runs off. Yeah. And then that snaps him back to lucidity long enough to call Kate and ask for help. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't I'm know scared. where I am. Why am I here? I, I think I killed a guy. I'm so scared. Which I'm not going to make fun of you. If you come out of a fugue with blood on your hand holding a knife in a strange city, yeah, I'm going to freak the fuck out. I'm not making fun of him. What I'm, However, I am calling Kate out for her instructions, which are walk to JJ's mom's house. Yeah. Oh, shut the fuck up. You... Okay, I can almost, almost understand where they were like, oh no, we don't want to tell this cop that we were playing Mazes and Monsters because maybe we'll get in trouble, whatever. But when he tells you I'm on the corner of like 58th and 17th or some bullshit, and he's like, uh, I don't know what to do, instead of saying, well, about two blocks down, you're going to take a left and then you're going to go down a block and get on the F train. Yeah, instead of doing that, you go, all right. You stay right there, and then you immediately call the cops in New York and say, "Yeah, our friend is over here. Oh my God, please go get him. He is he is having some sort of mental break. Please go pick him up." Yeah, but it, no, no, they're like, they, "Oh, they we're going to take a road trip." They give him complicated directions and then drive to his, to JJ's mom's house to wait. Yeah, even if you were like, "No, we're not going to call the cops because he might have just stabbed a guy," you'd still say, "Okay, Sit stay at down. that phone booth." Do not move. Everything outside the phone booth is hot lava. Yeah, you stay in there. That is your protective bubble from God. Everything else is evil. You're in a circle of protection. Yeah, whatever. But do not give him directions. That's not what he called for. Yeah. Anyway, of course, he immediately gets lost, wanders into a subway, meets a hobo. (laughs) And is like, oh, you are great. Because he's like, oh, if you're a holy man, I'm the king of France. Oh, your majesty. I love that he's immediately accepting that france is a country yeah why not i mean he's pardue so maybe yeah sure uh anyway this this rat eating hobo is just like hey man i forget how long i've been down here too anyway goodbye peace and then you know he's like oh can you can you point me towards the two towers and he's like oh of course anyone in new york could do that in fact anyone anywhere could recognize that the two towers is a reference to the fucking world trade center fuck come on you'd have to be a real dumb idiot not to do that I mean, I'm living in a world where they've been gone for 17 years, and I still make that reference immediately. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> 15 years, whatever. Again, he wanders over there at about the same time that his idiot friends figure out what the two towers mean. Yeah. And they after, go over there. After going on a weird little excursion into JJ's room, which has been redecorated again, but this time he likes it. Oh, my God. i would forgotten about that. But no, they go to his house because they're like, oh, yeah, he's going to show up here. Obviously, he will, because I'm sure he's lucid enough to do that. Yeah. But they wander around, and he's like, oh, make yourself at home. Like, looks like my mom's redecorating again. Oh, my room is cool and, like, noir director looking, and it's got a whole bunch of film stuff. Oh, this is amazing. And he sits there and just talks about his room. You're like, dude, your friend is having a psychotic break and probably killed a guy. And it's- Maybe... <laughs> Maybe toned down a and, second. And the fact that it went this far is your fault. I mean, I guess we're supposed to get the idea that this kid has no social skills whatsoever, that he's conveying him through hats and being too young to be in college. And this scene just makes you hate him even more. Yeah. That's what happens. I mean, granted, I guess you're not supposed to like any of these characters because they're damn fool idiots who are willing to play mazes and monsters. 
Well, anyway, they figure out he might be at the two towers, and sure enough, he's up on the observation deck. Yeah, we get ch- we get one of those uh, those scenes where like, oh, he's over there, and then they run over there. Oh, he's over there, and they run over there. Yeah, and they just sort of chase him around until they find him up at the top. He's on the observation deck, and he's about to jump off because he's gonna cast a fly spell, which which is real weird. Yeah, why is he doing that? He's not looking to go flying around from the two towers. He's trying to find the great hall, and he's like, oh, don't worry, if I do this, I'll find the great hall. Okay. All right. Well, they, whatever. They talk him down, and then he he finally gets lucid again. And is like, what am I doing here? I don't I don't remember anything. Help me. Uh. And then they fade out, and when they fade back in, uh, all the characters are better kids now. One of them is the girl isn't worrying so much about dating people because she's had a problem with serial dating in the past, and and JJ's getting better at school and getting along with people, and they've all quit playing the game. And they're they're gonna go they're gonna go visit him. They're like, oh, I can't believe it's been whatever months since this has happened. And so they drive to his house, which is the goddamn Neverland Ranch, just to make sure you didn't forget that his house is insanely huge. It has a lake. It has a lake. Their house has a lake with a bunch of hiking trails beyond it that are still on his property. Yes, he uh, is crazy bullshit rich. His parents own Rhode Island. Yeah. So they show up there, and oh. The big twist. Yeah, the mom is nice now. She's not drunk. We meet her alone, and she goes, oh, you can go on back and see him. Yeah, which, that was a bad idea because, oh no, Robbie's gone full Purdue. He's still in the game, Yeah, and that's the big the big ending twist, is that he is Unlike still... Unlike Purdue, he's still in the game. Oh! Sports <laughs> jokes. God damn it. Okay. So... Unlike Pardo, he's still in the game. Oh, oh. Made myself sad. Oh, no. So... <laughs> Pardue is now his full personality, and they, instead of going, oh, man, that's really sad. I I should probably leave. I don't want to fuck this up anymore. He's like, oh, the innkeep is lovely, and I have a magic coin because every day I, I pay for my room and board with it, and then I find it again in my room. Like, okay, great. Right, so your parents are also enabling this. That's nice. And then they, he's like, oh, there might be a, a quest in that forest beyond this lake. And they go, yeah, sure, we'll fucking indulge in your weird fantasy. This seems like the thing we should do. Yeah, instead of just gently reminding you that you won't and then leaving. Whatever. No, they're like, oh, okay, Pardue, let's go do that. And then we zoom out as they wander off towards the lake with Kate doing the final narration as she tells you all that, and we played Mazes and Monsters with him that one last time. And And then I murdered him. And then he... He went on an adventure again, and then went back to his inn to sleep. Ugh. Don't play mazes and monsters. Yeah, there you go. That's the whole thing. It's just, if you are already disturbed and have a predisposition towards some sort of mental health issues, obviously playing a role-playing game will make you go insane. Obviously, even though that's probably, even that alone is probably not true. I mean, what the movie wants you to think is role-playing games make you crazy, but what you get from reading this is horrible people might go crazy if they are horrible people. Yeah, I'm like, no, man. Fucking Robbie would have gone crazy at some point anyway. He just got triggered while playing the game. That's That's all there was, yeah. He eventually would have been alone somewhere and had the same psychotic break. The role-playing game didn't do anything. Oh, yeah. No, it would have been one of those things where it's like, oh, what happened? He was in a super stressful final and then couldn't take it and ran out of the classroom. And then they found him three months later 
dead in New York. Yeah, and J.J. would have been an annoying little piece of crap if he hadn't had role-playing games. He would have just been into New Age music, or New Wave music instead. Oh, yeah. He would have just been like, hey, guys, the Thompson Twins. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, of course, the other two aren't the worst. No, they're not terrible. Daniel's just fine. I mean, Daniel just looks like the sort of guy who should be menacing Daniel's son. Yeah. That's who he is. No, he definitely does not have a problem with sweeping the leg, Sensei. Nope, definitely doesn't. That's the kind of character that he, that's what he looks like. So that's just what he would have fallen into instead. And Kate's just going to have the problem of a college girl dating too much. Yeah, end. she's like, oh, every guy I date seems to leave. That sucks. Oh, well. Yeah, anyway, well. Anyway, I'll get over this because that's what college is. Well, maybe if you weren't dating a bunch of guys who play mazes and monsters, you'd have better crazy. luck. <laughs> Don't date nerds, everyone. Just don't do it. We're terrible. Except for uh, me and John. Date yeah. us. <laughs> don't date me. Everyone date us. Const- <laughs> date Jeff. Yes, everyone date me constantly. Literally everyone date Jeff. Yeah. That's our new role-playing game. Everyone dates Jeff. Oh, that'll go really good with everyone Everyone is John, right? Yeah, everyone is John, and then everyone dates Jeff. Everyone dates Jeff, where you have to roll to take turns not dating me. Yeah. And the person who rolls the lowest has to date me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the way it works normally. I know. Uh, so there you go. That was that was Mazes and Monsters. Let's move on to our best and worst highlights and lowlights. What was the best thing for you in Mazes and Monsters? Ooh, the best thing in Mazes and Monsters. That is going to be Merlin the Minor Bird. <laughs> oh, Merlin. Merlin's a cute little Minor Bird that doesn't actually have all that much to do with the story. Although there is one point where he says something that reminds... I think he says, like, Happy Halloween, and that's the trigger where they figure out that, that's, that uh, Purdue actually ran away. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Halloween. That's when I last saw him. And yeah. He wandered off. That's his one little con- contribution to the plot. But otherwise, he's a cute little minor bird who hops around in a cage. And I remember when I was a little kid in the 80s seeing minor birds for sale in stores. I haven't seen a minor bird in forever. But it used to be that the pet stores in the malls had minor birds for like $2,000. Which, by the way, there's a point where he says he sold a ridiculously expensive sports car to get his moped and a minor bird. And I'm like, what the fuck did you do with the rest of the money? Yeah, right? <laughs> Well, minor birds are fucking expensive. He must have sold it for nothing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you got ripped the fuck off. Right. Well, he's 16. That's what happens to 16-year-olds. Ugh. So, Merlin, I like that character. What was your favorite thing about this movie? Okay, best thing in Mazes and Monsters. Let's go ahead and say... <laughs> I don't know why, but I just loved that. I am the maze controller. (laughs) Yeah, the arcane introduction to a role-playing game. Listen, everybody who's listening to this, if you're a DM, the next time you run a game, try that shit and see how it rolls with your players. Because I've seen that a few times in, like, media that presents it. Yeah, But I've never seen it or heard of anyone doing that. I want to try it. I would love it. If I sat down to play some game and someone straight up started doing monologuing of who they are maybe with a hood down just just to the level where you can't quite see their eyes oh yeah if they were just like hunched over one of those dm screens and they're like i control all that you see and hear and yet who is really in control maybe looking at a crystal your future is in my hands and yet you will decide your fate yeah like oh this is amazing i can't wait to play this game oh you're gonna be so awful this is great (laughs) Anyway, uh, you encounter a 10 by 10 foot room with an orc in it. <laughs> How do you like me now, <laughs> Sheila? <laughs> so, you worst dated. thing. Worst thing in the movie for you. Oh, geez. That's, that's kind of a tricky thing for me because a lot of this movie is about mental 
issues, and I really don't want to t- drag poor Robbie into it. Yeah, well... But Tom Hanks, unfortunately, even though he's playing just such a terrible idea for a, a character in a movie, is still Tom Hanks. A yeah, charming, he's still Tom Hanks. Char- a charming, extremely good actor. Yeah. He like, really conveys this dumb story very well, so I don't want any part of him being the bad guy. So no, I'm he's say, the only reason that this is watchable. Yeah, I would say my, my least favorite thing in this movie is the character of J.J. Oh, my God. I, I was going to say, we didn't specifically mention it, but there is at least one scene where he is straight up wearing a trilby, and I'm like, oh, you you were born too soon. Oh. <laughs> he really should have been. He could, ch- he could change nothing about his life, dress, personality, anything, and he would do just fine today. Oh, he could have definitely taken that red pill. Oh, he could be playing so much Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are so many trap cards that will never get activated because he was born in the wrong time. Yeah. So J.J. is just a horrible character that's not a lot of fun and just exemplifies the worst things about this hobby since be- since the beginning. Yeah. I mean, short of, like, the sexism and so on. Also, yes. Yeah. I mean, but in terms of, like, the geek social fallacy, he's just a walking example of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was you, your least favorite thing? Uh, Not so much J.J. in particular, but really the group's response to Robbie. Like, oh, yeah, Robbie's been clearly having issues he's been like acting out of character he's been giving his stuff away he's definitely having issues he just suddenly and immediately broke up with me in addition to just having no reason why and their response is oh that's weird anyway we're gonna go hook up and keep playing yeah it was very unusual they were not they were not good friends. No. And then he gets lost, and they aren't willing to talk to the cops about it. He's in fucking lost in New York, and then they don't try and do anything besides give him directions before they head over there. No, they're just awful friends. Yeah, they really are. So there you go. There you are. There you have it. So now we get the rating for the movie. One out of five for both of us is going to give our rating out of ten. Jeff, Mazes and monsters i'm gonna give this a two it's really hard to give a movie with tom hanks in it less than that he's such a good actor and there's so many convoluted uh, this movie had a lot of moments where i just busted out laughing because not because of it was well made but because of how stupid it is that's very true yeah there were a lot of sequence like the goreville the the two appearances of the goreville are <laughs> the paper mache monster is amazing yeah he gets attacked twice in this movie by cecil the sea six sea serpent <laughs> Yeah, and his only solace is H.R. Puffin stuff, his friend, <laughs> when things get rough. Oh, yeah. When things get terrifying, he just runs off and hides in Lidsville with J.J., who was born there. <laughs> uh, uh, these are references from 60s children's television shows, everybody. Yeah, this is before our time, so if you don't get it, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, even I shouldn't get that joke. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think I'm going to also give it a two. It's uh, It's mostly Tom Hanks. Yeah. It's... Tom Hanks sort of, and a minor bird. Yeah, it's sort of bad and... Boring. It goes on way too long. There's a lot of padding in this movie. Yeah, but as we said, Tom Hanks, very charismatic, and the story itself at least moves. Like, it is consistent, even if everyone in it is awful and it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, there you go. A four out of ten for Mazes and Monsters. Not that great. Might as well check it out as a historical footnote. Yeah. That's about it. Let people know you saw this and you didn't care. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Thank you so much for listening. And, of course, for anyone who didn't know, we have reached our penultimate goal. We have 
we're doing the movie mastery in theaters now. Oh, penultimate Patreon goal, yeah. I'm sure that we will probably introduce a few more. Yeah, there will probably be some more on there, but for now, we've reached close to our last goal, and that means we will begin reviewing some more movies, ones that are actually in theaters, and uh, if you want to decide what we view, you can go to the website, go to systemmasterypodcast.com, go on to the movie mastery, you'll find there is a poll that you can do, it's going to be for next month. Well, actually, this month when this comes out. Yeah, by the time this drops, it'll be this month. And at the moment, the front runner is the CGI children's film Angry Birds. So, yeah, there are a bunch of other ones in there. You could make us watch Mother's Day. Or Money Monster, whatever the hell that is. Or you could listen to us talk about Captain America Civil War and make us happy. Please, please make me happy. We're going to go see that movie anyway. I know. I, <laughs> Don't make me pay for another movie. That's what Let the me double dip. I mean, that's literally the point of the Patreon is to pay for us to go watch these <laughs> terrible movies and all the other nonsense we're supposed to do as conscientious showrunners. Uh, so yeah, that is up. You can go ahead and vote. You get three votes. So if there's anything other than your main one that you want to get in there, then you can do that. And uh, yeah, so we've got that going on. And you can go ahead and check out all of our other podcasts. You're probably still going to be checking out all the stuff we do on the Patreon if you're listening to the show. So we've got our bonus content up there for the System Mastery episodes. And we make characters and do crazy nonsense. Yep, we sure do. So thanks so much for the support. Thank you so much. I am very excited about being able to do some current movies instead of garbage from the 70s. <laughs> and the early 80s, apparently. <laughs> yeah, just shit where people want to talk to each other on the phone. But you know what? We're going to keep doing those, so keep sending in your suggestions for more movies to add to the great big list. Oh, yeah. we Our list keeps getting bigger every day, but it doesn't have the movie you want us to have. So suggest it. Yep. You can find us at systemmastery at gmail.com or systemmastery on Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Suggest it anywhere you like. I don't care. <laughs> Suggest it to the heavens. Walk outside. Suggest it to God, an uncaring fellow. Suggest it at the corner store. Suggest it at the five and dime. <laughs> it's the new century. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So thank you so much for listening. We will catch you in a couple weeks with another movie mastery. But until then, you have a wonderful week. 